Hi Rico. Hey Tiago. And welcome to the Rubber Duck Agility Podcast, where we discuss agile transformations, business agility, organizational design, and agile teams. So today I need to be quick here because Rico is going to step all over me. Like he's dying to <laughs> rant about something. He says, no, we talked about future component teams. I want to rant about something. So I'm just going to turn the floor over. Go ahead, dude, rant. I couldn't help myself, you know, because we were talking about these component teams and I'm thinking of tools and I have this hard on for tools and technology. And it's been years and it's, especially when I started learning and teaching agile, I had to repress that feeling. I had to push it down, you know. And Agile has helped me balance that, you know, put that in the right context, balance. So, you know, if I look at the manifesto, I would add something like customer value over technical excellence. And I say that because it's not that technical excellence doesn't matter. It's just that the previous Rico was, that was all there is. Like, let's look at tools, tools, tools and forget the customer, right? So now I'm a bit more balanced. And why, uh, you know, how does this relate to scaling? You know, it, it, we were talking last time about the, the organizations have these two types of teams, the component teams and features teams. And there is this interplay between the two. And in my mind, the way that we should think about these teams is the component teams creates enablers and the feature teams should then pick up these enablers and use them to provide value for customers. And when I say enablers, I'm talking about like, you know, technology the wheel, the steam engine, paper, money, you know, all these type of things are enablers that create and, and improve existing value streams. And, you know, in an organization, you often encounter these component teams that slow down feature teams. Like, and, and that friction exists because the component teams are like in the path, the critical path, right? They are doing the thing. Like you have the, the classic ones is the infra team. We do the infrastructure. Tell me what you want. The SAP team, we you know we do any changes in SAP. You don't touch it. Legal and compliance, you know. So all of those are the classic bad examples, right? That they are in the critical path. I think a good example is like, uh, uh, like for instance, the infrastructure team. Instead of being in the way and having to create all the infrastructure for the team, they do more of this Netflix approach where they push button, get infrastructure, right? We simplify the infrastructure. We, and when they do that, they build in the complexity. Actually, they reduce the complexity. They build it in, automate it all. You know, all the compliance, all the constraints, it's kind of built into this thing. So it makes it easier for you to, you know, go up uh, an abstraction layer. When I look at modern history, like my ignorant take on uh, modern history is that every time there's a new abstraction layer, new things come up like that's like you know the humans just jump up uh, you know a, a leap they kind of our inventions leap up uh, one time right uh, well one of the leaps that i've seen it was uh, during my my first job there was the server room uh, i remember I was sitting right next to it and i was again like my hard on was just oh my god look at all this server look how coded it's all these little uh, you know things blinking it was just outrageous i don't know why it was so exciting i remember these guys came and they laid this stuff like they, to reinforce the floor so they could put hundreds of car batteries because that was the emergency power stuff right and you know like a couple of years later the whole thing disappeared you have this weird room in this office that nobody knows what the hell is this you know metal rods doing here in the middle of the floor right and what had happened is that the, the on-premises installation went over to a data center somewhere and then the data center, like it was still managed by the company, they had their servers there. And at one point they said, well, managing the services, you know, we can move an abstraction layer up. 
then you enter the the AWS uh, uh, type of thing, the Amazon Web Services thing, where you don't even have to worry about the service, right? They, you just put it there and you get your, your infrastructure. And now it's, you know, even, um, I think it was yesterday, DigitalOcean, so the AWS competitor, they announced something else where you have this, not even a service, like a type of server, you know, a very specific one that you can just kind of pop, uh, prop up quickly. Uh, and so you can see these abstraction layers going up and up, right? And what I like about this, you know, in the context of organizations, is that a component team should strive to do that because every time you do that, you remove some dependency or hide some dependencies, right? Yes, you are losing some of the flexibility, some of the kind of maneuverability that you have, but having that, you remove the dependencies and you now enable future teams to move faster, right? Personally, like my you know, beat in the last couple of years, this thing that has really opened up my eyes is that, well, first you need to understand that I remember getting a, a book on HTML 1.1 and Java, if I'm not mistaken, was even like a version one or something. And I started to understand it. And I just remember like reading something, uh, import this library. And I, I just froze and said, I have no idea what this is. So I'm a frustrated developer at heart, right? Uh, and so the, my beat in the last couple of years has been this thing about uh, the no-code movement, which is a terrible name, but uh, all it is is like the, the thing that you have seen before. Like the, I think Microsoft had some you know database product that you could you know Visual Basic or something like this. That you know, but it's just that you know it, these are tools that enables uh, business people to create um, applications, create things that you know do work by themselves, right? That add a lot of value, and it's like a, a you know, uh, one of those exoskeletons that, you know, all of a sudden a human can lift like uh, 300 kilos in one go. Uh, there is still some effort there, but it's almost effortless, right? But you can do a lot more now. And that's why I like this, uh, the no code uh, movement. Well, um, because it allows me as a single person to create a ton of stuff on top of it, right? I have, um, and that creation puts me in the seat of, the PO, what is it I want to do? What is the cost, uh, What is the value here, right? And then it shifts over to the dev team member. Okay, wh what's the best way to do this? What is the more technical, excellent way to do this, without having to recreate the whole universe in order to uh, you know put together these two databases, right? Uh, and and so I believe that I'm a much more helpful coach now, and being able to um, you know sympathize and empathize with all the different. Uh, roles in organization, I can see how I can advise them better, right? I can understand their issues, I can kind uh, of help them see some of the things that might not be necessary, that they're focused on, focused on the, on the right things. So, so uh, this whole uh, evolution of layers has helped me see better. And I think it's a movement that we should embrace. It's a very agile movement, you know. Okay, take a breath. Uh... Nice. I really like the point about the these abstraction layers and that they enable innovation. Like you know, the example: if I if I need to hire a developer because I have this idea that I want to try out, then it's just like, well, I don't have the money. And it's if I can do some quote unquote no code development, uh, then I can put my I can make it myself quickly and uh, make something work that I can use. Um, why don't you like the name no code development? Uh, it, it's a you know it's like a negative. You know, it's like I am much more because. There is no code. There is a lot of code there, and uh, but that doesn't matter. Like it's more the visual development. I became like I know how to think like an engineer now, and that is a, a thing. Like 
I now understand why, you know, they, I, I spent years watching these guys just do a bit of a circle jerk about the databases and the schema and this. And I thought, oh God, what are these people losing their times with this? But now I understand why they value it so much. But it's just that, the, so. Uh, I appreciate your efforts to earn our explicit <laughs> rating, by the way. The reason that I don't like the, the name no-code development is because there is code, right? It's just mm -hmm. like somebody else is doing it, right? So people need to be aware of the fact that the scalability of some of these things, mm -hmm. like, you know, and the usability of this, like the idea is, where can I use this? Where, the, where can this help me? And uh, another example of a customer where it's not exactly uh, no code, but it is this, you know, moving up the abstraction layer uh, empowerment is, uh, so there was this team doing a business intelligence, so the, all the analytics for their sales and marketing. So, and you know, they had tried twice to build something, it, it failed completely because, and then they said, okay, let's just, plan B is we do this in a spreadsheet, of course. I mean, this is the ultimate no code tool is the damn spreadsheet, right? You know, and that's super powerful about it, right? So this guy's created this huge, huge thing that it would just go through tons of data and produce some reports and then you had to refine it and so on. And, but they wanted to, they had some ideas on this to kind of move it up, right? They wanted to give better services to the, the, the sales and marketing teams. So they built an application for that. And now the sales and marketing feedback is, instead of saying, can I have this faster? It's like, okay, I have what I want here. Let's think differently. I want insights. I want this. So you, you can see the change of thought in the sales people that they were not saying, okay, collate this data with this data. No, it's more like, okay, how do I tell my team, you know, so how do I give them some insights, you know, and, and it's not more of the, the, the basic thing. So, and, and that is a great example of, uh, you know, moving up the abstraction layer. Now, I can't let you get away with like a tool rant and then you don't mention any tools. So it's like <laughs> pop quiz time. Um, all right. So uh, I'm working on an agile team and now I'm stuck at home because uh, of COVID. Yeah. Uh, what tools would you recommend me? Well, like, this is the Miro or Miro. I, I never use Miro, but I appreciate Miro. The like, fact that the two main competitors have a name that when you pronounce <laughs> it's almost the same in English is really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I think McDonald's and McDonald's. They should be the two uh, biggest competitors. No, but it, so uh, this is a, a tool. Um, I mean, it's a tool for teams to have good co collaboration, right? We are all addicted. To, you know, we as coaches are addicted to post-its and Miro gives you exactly that. Just feeds you, okay, here are post-its, an infinite wall, just bring it. And we... And Agile, I have made some great uses to it. So that would be my first uh, one. Like for Agile teams, use that uh, like to collaborate, right? The other one is the one that I, uh, is more you know, building an app type of thing is the, uh, you, you have a few of them, like Bubble.io, uh, Glide, um, Adalo. And, uh, so those are three that you can build applications with. Because I've seen these teams struggle to create some application. What the hell is the application? A damn spreadsheet. Glide is perfect for probably 90, 80% of the cases there. It just takes a spreadsheet and makes it, you know, kind of, uh, it gives some constraints, it, it displays it nicely, you know, it kind of puts people through some, some workflows. So this one is a great one and it's very easy to, to create. And as soon as you do it and you see somebody saying, wow, you built an app. It's like, yeah, believe me, I didn't. These guys did. I'm just using this layer of abstraction to provide value to my customers. 
Okay, and uh, if I'm in the team, I also need like some, uh, I don't know, like knowledge sharing or like, you know, organizing information type stuff. Like, what's yeah. your favorite one right now? Well, for a team, uh, like a wiki type of thing, that is not a wiki, it's a spreadsheet, uh, definitely Coda, Coda.io, C-O-D-A.io. Uh, so that's, that's one. Uh, the other competitor type of uh, one that I use for myself is Notion.so. Uh, and these are great, great ones to capture this, uh, um, you know, your thoughts and your ideas, kind of layer them out. But those for me had been wasted because I had no framework to use them. So the thought technology is also important. And apparently there's a, a thing that I'm uh, called Zeto Kasten, slip notes or something. And it's, a, it's just a way of how you organize your notes. And that has helped me enormously to take notes, to keep my sources. It's, it's fantastic. Sorry, this is a tool? It's a framework. Is that some some dude, some German dude, a uh, hundred years ago, created a way to catalog what he read and take notes, and uh, you know, taking those notes in his head, and that's called Zetto Kasten. Okay, that's show notes for this show. This episode are going to be great. <laughs> and uh, okay, any other tools you want to drop out, drop here on the podcast that you think would be cool for people to check out? I think we're over the time limit. I mean, I could talk about tools for a couple of hours here, but we stop. All right, then. But if you job. have, if uh, uh, anybody has questions like, hey, I have this use case, and I want to use a tool, reach out. I mean, there is Webflow. There's tons of other things that we haven't talked about yet, uh, but I'd love to uh, to put my big nose in this. Yeah, I cannot tell people how <laughs> awesome that is. No, no, not how big your nose is. That also, but like how awesome that is to like every time something happens here at home, and like I don't know, my TV broke down. I need to buy a new TV or stuff like that. I was like. I saved myself the eight hour deep dive on like comparisons, just like, what's up Rico? Hey dude, what TV do I need to buy? And it's just like, I know it's been filtered through all the work. It's like, it's like Reddit, right? It's like the top of the internet. Just give me, give me the answer. All right. And if you want to propose a topic for us to discuss, or if you have any questions or feedback, you can always reach us via Twitter at AgilityDuck or via email rubberduckagility at agilar.com. That's rubberduckagility, one word. And Agilar is A-G-I-L-A-R.com. All right. That was great. <laughs> Thank you, Rico. Thank you, Tiago.